What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? <laughs> oh, I was like, as I started to, as I kept saying it, I thought, you know, let's just, oh, wherever the sound takes me, wherever the, wherever the music takes me, dear Reed, um, you're in San Francisco. I'm upstate. Uh, it's the morning. I'm, I'm going to be teaching soon and, um, and teaching all day. It's really, it's a, it's a real, um, drive towards the end of the semester, but, uh, there's so much more time left in the semester. It's not just over. And, um, this is the point in the semester that I always like to remind students that it's not the end of the semester. And, um, uh, fellow faculty member said, oh, are you going to have some classes outside? And I said, no, I never do that. <laughs> I really, I've got to, then, then they'll really just drift away. Um, and it's good. It's, it's also an exciting time of the semester because it's when the, the work we've been doing is gelling towards their final performance works. And, um, I'm excited to get to that. Uh, I'm packing. I've, well, I'm not packing right now. I spent uh, the weekend starting to pack in uh, a way that I guess was more similar to how you pack, which is I was looking at things instead of just throwing them into um, garbage bags <laughs> and figuring it out when when we when we move, which is going to happen in uh, I guess you know at the end of this month, which is is coming coming around the bend. Um, things that were fun about looking through things were finding things like a letter Hope Davis wrote me when these were all, you know, it was, it was when I graduated from Interlochen and then went to Williamstown, did that play and then did a movie and then was back in New York at 18 wondering, what am I doing? Oh, I remember at 18, I would read, either blood memory or the power of myth, or I had these books on psychoanalysis and I'd wake up in the morning. I would drink coffee. I guess it's, it's all pretty similar, isn't it? Drink coffee, um, read, read that, uh, walk to central park, uh, go to an audition. Uh, and then when I found the Graham school, I was going to that and it was, Oh, wow. It feels like a different life and finding these, because it was a different life. Um, finding these things. What else did I find? I found this photo of me and Charlie Day in this production of The Maids at, that we did at Williamstown. And um, uh, I did, it's I, these plays that I did with him or Catherine Hahn. I found photos of us and. Um, Oh, this was really fun. I found a piece of paper that Angelica Houston wrote her phone number down on when we did a commercial together. Um, old photos, things from things from my first boyfriend that I, I really thought I'd thrown away, but I hadn't. And uh, I was glad I hadn't, actually. It was really it was sweet to find them. And I found... Um, I have to see if I can pull this up while I'm doing this. And I found... Uh, is it still going to record? Oh, it is. It's still recording. Great. And I also found the the first thing I wrote 
uh, my first performance piece, which somewhere between finding that photo of me in, in the maids and also finding this first performance piece I made at Interlock and Arts Camp. Um, this was my, my I, it was a solo performance. There was a solo performance teacher at Interlock and Arts Camp. I wish I could remember her name because she changed my life. Um, and so I remember we uh, would do these free writes and uh, I really wanted to work with dance and she really encouraged me to make these. Uh, she said, well, you can make these pieces that are have text and dance and what do you want to explore? And I made this piece and I remember that uh, there was concern that I wasn't going to be able to do my piece because of the subject matter I was talking about in it. Um, uh, my piece was about a, a male model who lived in New York and who was a, a drug addict or, or I remember there was a part where I said, I don't want to take my antidepressants anymore. And I dumped, um, I had my Prozac bottle that, you know, was mine. And, uh, I had filled it with Tic Tacs and I opened it and like threw it across the stage and there was swearing in it. And I think it was probably also like, can I have nudity? This. <laughs> Uh, 17. Um, I'm going to read the first paragraph of this piece that I wrote. I'm 3.8% body fat, brown, black hair, eyes blue, five foot eight. I've done shoots for Calvin Klein, Airwalk, Versace, Guess, and Diesel. I lost my virginity when I was 12. I live either with my mother and father or in my flat. I've lost two friends to AIDS and another one is fighting. I'm an only child and I've been taken to Disney World eight times. Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> uh, what actually changes? Um, and uh, it, it's, it's finding things like that that are really are slowing down this move. We need to just, we need to just go, go, go. So um, while I'm upstate, I think Jeremy's throwing things into boxes so that I can't pick them up and turn them over in my hands and wonder. Um, I hope that San Francisco is wonderful and that you're having a, a great time. I'm looking forward to hearing whatever interview ends up happening this week. And um, yeah, I'm keeping this brief so that... Uh, in case you do a extensive interview, I it's we don't have some two hour podcast. Though so, you know, with people on the MTA these days, they could be on there that long. Quite frankly, ugh, Cynthia Nixon, come on, everybody, let's get it together for Cynthia Nixon. I feel like I feel like she could she could get the MTA together. Um, I really do. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go teach now. I, I hope you're having a wonderful day, everyone in the world. Lots of love. Hi, everybody. <laughs> this is what's going on with dance and stuff. <laughs> San Francisco iteration. Uh -huh. I'm your roving reporter, Reed. We're doing an episode called Ballet and Married. <laughs> <laughs> Married in Ballet, starring Joe Walsh and Lauren Strongin. 
Now, Lauren, did you ever for a moment think that you would change your name to Walsh? Or was that not an option? You were too famous. <laughs> too famous. No, I just really like my name and I'm not going to change. Because you're a 21st century woman. Yes. Good for you. Also because Strongin is one of the least, it's like no one is a Strongin. That's true. There are millions I mean, of Walshes. I have relatives. No. I have relatives, but few. Did you for a moment, did your parents think like, I wish she'd change her name? Or you guys have like really progressive home families? We didn't tell no, them that I we were getting married. We didn't we tell didn't them anything. We didn't give them the option. Yeah. They weren't at the wedding. <laughs> no, actually, actually no. no. Okay. I mean, Was there a party they were invited to? They we were, got married twice. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I like a double wedding. I think Harriet did that. She yeah. did like a city hall moment and then it was just a lunch. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, f- the first time we got married was in Mexico, and that was by ourselves, by a shaman. We eloped. In the middle of Yucat- the Yucatan Peninsula. Did you tell people? You're like, we're on our way to Mexico. No. I didn't even know you what did. he was proposing. Yeah. Wait, you proposed so and I it was proposed, a wedding? and then like that Two, night after... Two days later. Yeah, after <gasps> I proposed, Lauren was like, let's get married. And so then we did it two days later. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Really? Wait, how many years ago is that? Three years ago? Three-ish. Three years-ish ago. Oh, that's the microphone. I it upside down. <laughs> I think this will be salvageable. That'll still, still work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In case you missed Lauren and Joe's wedding story, because I had the phone upside down. <laughs> it was very romantic. Did you say three years ago? Three years yeah. ago, I think, yeah. And how long had you been seeing one another? Um, Five years. Yeah. yeah. And only in Houston. You met in Houston. We met in mm-hmm. Houston, yeah. And where had you come from? Lauren. I had come from Sarasota Valley. And you started in Houston. I started professionally in Houston, yeah. But I danced before I was. Well, you had training. (laughs) You got training. Now, where would you say your like primary training came from? Um, Walnut Hill, this school in Boston. It's an art school that has five majors, and we learned a lot about being. Artists with other artists. It's like interlocking. Yeah, it's very much like interlocking. And From Lauren, what I've heard you and Jack speak about. Exactly. Yeah. And Lauren, you were trained at a fancy ballet school. Yeah, I went to the Kirov Academy mm-hmm. in D.C. And then I went to John Cranko in Stuttgart. Two fancy ballet schools. Yeah. Who were your classmates at Kirov? Um, Laura Malley uh-huh. was in my class. And I also was there at the same time with Evan McKee and Dana Genshaft and Elizabeth Mason. Is Evan McKee an American or a Canadian? He's a Canadian. Okay. Did he fool you? Yeah. They do. He didn't fool me. (laughs) He fooled me. I didn't know until I met him a few weeks ago. No. I've never met him, but I've walked past him. And I thought to myself, what a face. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought... What stature? Those are the two things I thought. Uh, I met him a couple days ago in the hallway, and it was like after Lauren had told me all these stories about him, um, and I like finally met him, and I was like so st- struck by the way that his face looked, and it's also by yeah. like the fact that he never closed his eyes when we were like talking. He didn't blink. He didn't blink, and I was just like, he "What's going doll-like. on?" Like he's a doll. And then, and then. Uh, you know, we like talked and we caught up and whatever. And then Lauren was like, "Yeah, he he said that you were so <laughs> that." What did he say? <laughs> well, so Joe had 
Joe had in his mind made up this story because Evan and I were close friends and we went from like Kirov to Stuttgart together and somehow along the lines Joe imagined that we had been lovers yeah wait which was not even like Evan this is before I met him or, or before a, I knew yeah. him and I and I just remember her telling me a story that are we I outing Evan thought, McKee on what's my old dancing song he's straight <laughs> is he no. no. Well, we've only ever had um, two straight people on the podcast. I think, Joe, you're the third. Congratulations. I'm fourth. Well, no, we have had a lot of straight women. Straight women. Quite yeah. a few. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we had Barton Cowperthwaite, who was a straight man, mm-hmm. still is. Mm-hmm. And then John Allen, who's Joanna Cox's husband. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're number three. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. And I hope one day we have Evan McKee on the podcast. And I hope... Do you think he's a listener? He is. Mm -hmm. You're a liar. No, I'm not. You're a liar. No, we've talked about it. Why? (laughs) I'm concerned You're changing the face of... You really... Evan McKee listens to us going on with dance and stuff. He listens. We've talked about it. Hi, Evan. (laughs) 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 But he thought Joe's intense face was all about... That he was like sizing him up as like my former lover, right, right. And <laughs> really? then, yeah, and then we were like, should we keep it going? Like, should we keep this mystery going? And I was like, I already told him. I already laughed and told him that no. Wow. So you guys danced in Houston Valley together for several years, mm-hmm. and then you, Joe, was this in conversation with Lauren? Was like, I'm an audition for San Francisco Ballet. Did you come audition together? We had like an evening where we kind of like. We were, like, getting frustrated with things, and then we, I just was like, well, why don't we just try and go? And so we started to, to like, think about what the, what it would look like, and I just sent my stuff to only one place, and it was San Francisco, because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I'm going to try, then I'll try that. But Lauren had a lot of things, other things going on in Houston um, that were, like, looking really good for the next season, so we didn't want to, like... Jeopardize that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, it was like a good time for me. I had like, yeah, I had gotten to a good place and so I didn't take it seriously. Or like, I was like, I'm good. And were you both principals in Houston at the time? I was a soloist. Okay. And so you were like, I see that you are having a decent time here. I understand <laughs> that we are married, but I will leave. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we, were yeah, we were married at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, good luck with your life. I'm leaving. No, what Enjoy I did. Enjoy the humidity. Yeah. Yeah, so like why I proposed on our one break together the following year when I was here. It was our year apart, and I proposed on that one break that we could be somewhere together that lined up like the New Year's break. Like, every company has a New Year's break, right, mm-hmm. in America. Um, and so I just decided that I wanted to propose, and I thought that it was, like, a really appropriate way to be, like, I know that we're apart in this moment, but also I don't want us to be apart. Look at that. Does that make sense? Was- yeah, commitment. There you yeah, go. it was lovely. And so does that mean you did stay in Houston for a whole year while Joe came to San Francisco? Yeah, I stayed another season there. Which is good. I know. By the way, they have a bulldog who's snoring very loudly. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to hear? I don't want to wake him up. Things to say. Oh. 
he got he got <laughs> micro he got really microphone shot. Uh, when he's full snoring again, we'll let we'll yeah, let just, you in on it. Just sneak over. So when you were in Houston, living by yourself, did you stay in the apartment that you had lived in together? We had an amazing house. Oh my god! Which was like a huge part mm. of why I was like, maybe I'll stay one more year because this house. And did you have like a roommate? Rent I had a roommate. Room? Okay. Yeah. A friend? Yeah, she was a friend. She was another dancer. Did that was, help? Or was it annoying? Yeah, and she was amazing. She was like, her name was Anna. She was from Spain. She was great. We like cooked all the time together and it oh, was nice. just lovely. And how often did you get to come back, Joe? Did you come back on weekends sometimes? Uh, I think I did a weekend. I feel like uh, mostly, I did most of the traveling. Yeah. Well, the thing was like the first half of the year... Uh, when it's like October and stuff, I had a few more weekends. But mm-hmm. then as soon as the season started here, yeah. it was like, there's no, it's just five months straight of performing. Did you come back, did you go back to Houston to see her like dance and shows? Yeah, I saw, I remember seeing Giselle that year. She did Giselle at the Miller Outdoor Theater, which was really awesome. You played Giselle. I did. Yeah. What's Giselle's last name? She's like Cher. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there is there one? Do you know? I don't. I couldn't tell you. Alistair might write us a letter he might. Yeah, to let us know. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say I didn't do enough research on the rule. Yeah. Well, Isabel Boylston once told me that she she'd been working with an acting coach, and he gave her some tools to use when she was doing story ballets. And so for Giselle, she before the show backstage, she'll just like stare at the like wooden house that she lives in and she'll just like look at the door and she'll be like this is my house and she'll like um, she'll like sit there and pretend to cross stitch and stuff like she's the girl who lives in that house to like get deeply into the moment before she comes out and skips around <coughs> so method. method yeah she's yeah. a method actress yeah. now you um, didn't do that i mean i think i got pretty into it but maybe not who coached you there? Mayna? Was she, no. Was no. she allowed in the building? Mayna's not. She was not. No, she's not there anymore. I was coached <laughs> by Donnie Eliasson. Oh. Yeah. How unusual. Yeah. It was great. Because wow. he worked with... He was Alina's coach, so it was amazing. Oh. Yeah. Oh. She's a good Giselle. She's a, she's yeah. a good Giselle. She's a good most things. She's a feather. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, can you help me? She's also the only one that can wear a uh, gainer, right? No, she really can't. It's not a no. good look. But she manages. I, like, I always like how her feet look. Actually. Really? Yeah. I think they look so sturdy. I think her shoes look mangled. <laughs> I feel like she does things to her shoes to like make them work for her feet. Because she mm-hmm. has weird, kind of narrow, long feet. Mm-hmm. And she darns them, clearly. So there's something going on on the toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird look. <laughs> I think I, I just appreciate the the like fact that it looks so soft. Mm-hmm. I always feel like she has like a slipper on her foot. I like, yeah. can't. I feel like you can never hear it. No, like, no, yeah. no. No, I worry that she's not going to be able to get up. <laughs> I often refer. I often look back at a video of her doing Cinderella, the royal, the Ashton version, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to like because it's so perfect. Yeah, that was the one thing that I saw her before. I, I saw her a few more times after, but the first thing I saw her do was uh, Cinderella. At, she They toured to Boston or something, I think. This is a person named Alina Kochikaru is the person we're talking about. 
yeah. for everybody. Yeah. She's like the Look tiniest, tiniest person she's in the world. Game. She's tiny, but she's proportioned long, much yeah. like Lauren Strongin, I must yeah. say. A wisp of a dancer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Best review yeah. ever. Yeah. So, Joe, you were a principal dancer at Houston Ballet, and you were hired here as a soloist. And how long was it before you were made a principal? Um, it was a few months. I like not even a whole. season? It wasn't a whole season. No, I joined, and I I joined basically into a whole season because I joined in June of like 2014 or something. That, and oh, is that when the season starts? That was when that was when they were starting to prepare for a tour to Paris. Oh, and they had two weeks to prepare for this tour to Paris, and they were doing 23 ballets or and some what some were you crazy shit like that. Um, I was supposed to do like symphony and C, like solo. Fourth movement, third, fourth movement, third, baby no, movement, third movement finale only for like their gala. Show. Oh, I see, I see. And then, uh, so I learned that. And then I was supposed to do solo uh, Hans und Mannen, uh-huh. which I had done in Houston. And then they they were like, okay, and then here's some other ballets, and they gave me like four or five other ballets to learn, or like maybe six or seven. I don't know. It, by the end of the tour, I had done nine ballets. When you kept talking about it, like you weren't going to end up performing them, so I was waiting for you to say I got hurt, but you didn't. No, so so you did perform. Some I did. Fancy. I performed like all of those ballets that they told me I was going to do, mm-hmm. and then they also threw me on because other people got injured. You did a million things. You did like four T's and Allegro. You did. Yeah. I oh, saw yeah. you doing things that I was like, when? You did melancholic. No, I did sanguinic. Oh, who were you partnering? Francis. That oh was the God. first time I danced with Franny. Yeah. Interesting. That's good. And everyone was like, "Who is this kid?" And like they were worried about what was going on. And then they like, threw me into. They the, were worried for themselves. Or they were worried for themselves. They like, were worried why for is he like doing my parts. Yeah, and yeah. and then the well because oh, hummingbird. Jewel, you did hummingbird. I did hummingbird, and that What's was like hummingbird. Liam Scarlett's. Oh, okay. It's like the Philip Glass Liam Scarlett's really nice. Do you have to dance really fast? Very fast. There's drones. Juan's role and like Juan was injured and that's uh-huh. why I did a bunch of those Juan Boada. Juan Boada. You can look him up. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was dancing. I like learned that and danced with um, Doris Andre and we. Well, how was that scary? Was that scary? Was she intense? <laughs> Doris is intense. Doris is really intense. And it was it was um, scary because she was definitely like looking at me like who the fuck is this and like I'm not gonna. Like really? she was not into it at first, but sure? then I came into a rehearsal, the, our first rehearsal with her and Felipe Diaz, who's like our greatest um, coach and also intense, also really intense. Well, you um, guys, Ricardo might listen to this podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo's great too. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, the so the we got into our very first rehearsal and and. Um, Felipe and Doris were like, okay, so here's the first step. And I like knew all of it because I just like watched it before. And I just like kind of, I just tried to like learn it before I really was in there. And so I just like knew the ballet because I was like sitting at home alone because like we weren't together. This is Hummingbird, right? This is Hummingbird. This is also like Golden Hour. This is Sanguinic. I just like learned all of them in my, in my like 300 square foot studio apartment. What neighborhood was that in? It's right next to the ballet. I oh, lived. Great. I lived like directly next to the theater. Yeah, um, and I was yeah just super bonehead for those two weeks and just got like everything ready and learned it. And then by the time I got to Paris, performed that and like Golden Hour went mm-hmm. on. Ended up doing like opening night for Golden Hour, which like Chris Wielden was like, I don't who is this again, 
And then you had like, never worked with Chris in Houston. We had uh, done his work. But. We had done his work. He came for like a, an hour of Rush rehearsal one time. He just uh-huh. like showed up into town, but never for like an extended period of time. Now Rush is the one to the Bach concerto for violin and oboe. Is that right? You know better than I. It's like this one. No, 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 no. That's a standard piece. It's, um... Oh, clear. Clear, yeah. That's clear. Right. It's more California than that. Okay. It is a composer from California. Did he make it on Houston or San Francisco Valley? He made it on San Francisco Valley. But yeah, so then I did that tour in... Um, where were we? In Paris. Paris. And then by the time that we got back, we were like learning, um, Nutcracker and we were doing like a studio run and I asked Helgi outside of the studio, like, what is, what is the mime in that moment about like the prince, the prince's pantomime to Clara saying like, I'm very grateful for you saving me. Oh, okay. And, (laughs) and I was just asking him, how do you want that order to be? You know, when you have like me, you, or you, me, thankful. It's like, never makes sense either way, but like, what do you want me to do? I, you, am yeah, thankful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is um, that what it ended up being? Yeah. I'm psychic. <laughs> you guys, I, I should coach Yeah, because he wanted to go like, he wanted to do like, point at yourself, then to her, and then, and then do the big thankful right. thing. Um, and right after that, he like, pulled me together with like, a bunch of other principal guys that were also all standing outside of the studio. And on purpose like, or just accidentally? On purpose. We just didn't want to be in the studio watching. We were like no, watching no, no. from the doorway. But Helgi hadn't planned this moment. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. He, he hadn't planned okay, it. Okay, we'll keep going. I want to know how it ends. And then all of a sudden he just pulled us together and he was like, I just want you guys to know that Joseph will be joining your ranks now. Wow. And it was just like... I think he must have come up with that in the moment, no? I think so. Like, he was like, <laughs> well, all these guys are here and this guy's here. Yeah. This makes sense. Right, he wasn't like, I want all of you guys in the hallway during Nutcracker rehearsal because I'm going to do this thing. No. He doesn't seem like that kind of guy. No, it was on a whim. Well, that's very nice. I've never heard a promotion story like that. Yeah, he doesn't do, like Stanton would do promotions on stage after performances. He'd like come out with on a microphone. Toe, like, hold, like eating his mustache and be like, I'd like to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And he would make his ballet masters drag a huge bucket of flowers. Huh. What do you mean? Petals or the whole flowers? No, a whole bucket they like of bring, a, an yeah, arrangement. Yeah. Like, kind of like a funeral arrangement. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But he would make the ballet masters drag it on. Wow. And so as soon as you like could smell a lot of flowers in the theater, you were like, someone's getting pregnant. <gasps> yeah. Oh, and also, sweet. it's usually like when there's somebody that was, you know, being pushed in soloist roles. Mm-hmm. Or like, soloist being pushed into a principal role. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, these are much more random. Yeah, they just kind of happen in the studio always. It's never... Well, he's from Iceland. He doesn't do, like, overt displays of emotion. No. No. He tries to He's been trying to on this trip for the Unbound Festival, which has been interesting. Unbound. Yes. You missed at the dinner when he he, uh, was saying how grateful he was for all of the choreographers and the designers and the production staff and the management, and he said... And most of all, I, I need to thank my wife for keeping me insane. Freudian <laughs> <laughs> slip? <laughs> oh, that's great. He made a mistake. He's not from here. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I find him very That's charming. Yeah. He is, and he's a great guy. And he's done this thing to American Ballet that I don't think would have... We wouldn't be where we're at unless Helgi existed. He really did. He created the kind of formula and the... Um, what's that called? Rest of the artistic directors in the country. <laughs> oh, well, he did that too. <laughs> but he kind of created a format for how ballet companies should arrange their seasons. Yeah. 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 And also, like, what kind of choreographers they should be using, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like bringing that European aesthetic into, I mean, what his aesthetic already was, was from, you know, City Ballet. Right. He plus was a principal like, in New York City Ballet. Plus, like, that, like, Danish Danish thing as well. Where's the Danish? Did he start at Royal Danish yeah. Ballet? Yeah. yeah. Oh. They, like, plucked him from an island off of... It's called, like, the Westman Islands in off of Iceland, like, off of the mainland of Iceland. They found him. They, like, plucked him. Yeah, they, like, did a tour Amongst there, and the they were just, like... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, literally lived with sheep. And is his wife American? Yes. Yeah, she is. Is her name she- Sheila? She is a cult leader. She, yeah. (laughs) She does seem, there is someone who she calls the Bhagwan that she follows. Yeah, and she's, and she, um, she uses the the phrase tough titties a lot with us. (laughs) Tough tough titties. Tough Tough titties. Wow, I'm really glad that you guys watch as much TV as I do. <laughs> That's been an important part of our friendship. Reed Reed likes to come over to our house in San Francisco and fall asleep with us, and we just all fall asleep watching movies or whatever we're watching. We cook tonight. We made ricotta dumplings because because I do it all the time. Because it's, it's Reed's favorite thing. In the past, he's made um, jiggle jiggle cake. Jiggle cake. Japanese My jiggle one cake. jiggle failure. <laughs> no. I've made it three times. It was my worst one. But it's still edible. It just was a little wet. It was delicious. Got a little wet. It was we delicious. all appreciated it, but he's really hard on himself. I already... I, I talked through our Lost in Space experience on the last podcast, yeah. which is a phone call between me and Jack. But. Oh, okay. So these are the people, by the way, who... Now you have context, listeners. These are they. <laughs> these are they. This is the they. Um, my next question is now about, like, why am I here? And what's happening at the San Francisco Ballet right now? And what has been your experience in the, like, putting together of this festival? And when was the putting together? This story goes awry. I'm just going to warn you. (laughs) 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 But, okay, so what is, what are we doing here? We are unbound. We're unhinged and unbound. Well, we're currently unbinding. Like, we're, we're, in the, we're in the middle of the show. Oh, yeah. It's, they're yeah. all unraveling into real life. It's really happening. It's, it's happening. And so it's a it's a festival of 12, 12 brand new ballets. Works. Yep. Short new works. works. Mm-hmm. Although some of them feel extremely long. They have yep. to be. They're, they're I, supposed to be, like, under 30 minutes, but some of them. That's not a true, are no. true thing. No. Yeah. Um, from 12 different choreographers... And I hesitate to say diverse <laughs> in terms of style, but there's some there's some wild cards in there. Yeah. I'd say like having Arthur Pita in the mix is a real fun choice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy about that. And 
Kathy Marsden is someone who's really not on my radar, so I'm glad to see her around America. Yeah. We, everyone was like, until the day she got here, everyone was like, have you ever seen any of her work? No, like nothing? No. No, and like, we, you try to like look it up and there's like one video. Will you tell me about her a little? What do you know of her? I only, okay, so I was like in, we were all, first of all, separated into four groups. A, oh, explain three that. Three groups. Three, explain three that. Groups. A, B, C. So yeah. how many dancers are in the San Francisco Ballet? So there's 75, 75. dancers. They divide you into three groups of 20-something. Yeah, A, B, C. And the choreographer is assigned a letter. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have a choice of which group. No. Interesting. So was it like a lottery, or do you think there was some consideration? I think there was consideration. consideration Okay. Because some people had, had worked with certain dancers, and they had requested certain dancers, and I think that that kind of ended up being part of how Helgi would like organize the dancers right also some dancers that dance together more often like partnerships or things like that they kind of ended up being in the same groups Mm -hmm. right um but then there would be like uh moments when they would like trade us like baseball cards Right, right, right. I will, mm-hmm. I'll take these dancers, but I want this dancer from that group if you take that dancer. You take, yeah, and yeah. it's like, it was like a bargain, and like, that was kind of like the thing that you'd like wait for like the, the casting list to go up and see yeah. if you got traded for that round. Did you get, you got traded into a group for a piece? I got traded, okay, so this is, this leads us back into Kathy Marsden, right? So like, sh- I was in her group for the day that she got there, but because I... She, I think she, I'm, I was just like too short for her, oh. but I was in, I, it was like the day, the day that she was working, I was called to her rehearsal. It was like a rehearsal of just the principal men in her piece. Um, so it was like me and Lukingham and Ulrich. Um, and we got through the morning class and I was off that list. And then I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And then I got a call from the guy that does our scheduling, Alan, who's a saint. Yeah, um, Helgi gave him the biggest um, shout out at the dinner. Yeah, yeah, and he deserves it. He's yeah. like, he's the one. Um, so then I get a call from Alan that's like, okay, actually, you're just going to be in Trey's, Trey McIntyre's piece instead. Mm-hmm. So <clears> I, you know, shifted, you know, whatever. I was like heading back into work. And then he, I get another call and it's like, actually, she wants you to be in, in that rehearsal with the guys at the end of the day, just to like try it out. Huh. And so then I go in and I like work with her. She does a really, um, intensive, like, uh, pre- presentation about like how her piece is going to go right. and what it's about and like why she's doing all the things that she's about to do. It's the only piece in the festival that's literally based on like a book. It's like it's a story. A novel. She gave us the whole synopsis before we even like stood up and we were sitting down and like, and then she gave us a list of words that she thought would describe her, the, the male character. Are, do you guys have notebooks out? Is there a wipe off board? There should have been. Or just talking? It was just talking, but okay. she had a whole presentation like that she hooked up to the TV. A PowerPoint. It was a PowerPoint, yeah, yeah. With like wow. even sketches of costumes and things wow, like that. Wow, she gave you mood board moments. And then it was like, yeah, and then it was like a spreadsheet of like words for each character. And like, wow. And like Blizzard this and like is all these thorough. things. Yeah, it was full on. And then she's like, okay, now just like, if I were to tell you that he's like antsy and like wants to like, 
wants to get out of this relationship or like find and it, it, she just gave us this whole thing and then she just turned on some music and so we start we all started like Joe's doing and, moves you can't um, see them yeah, but like he's, fidgeting he, and like, he knows what it feels to be yeah. anxious <laughs> <laughs> and and so we did this whole thing and I I feel like I helped her and like the other guys like kind of like develop what the characters Mm-hmm. Thing would be, and then uh-huh. she was like, and then she was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, no, we're good. I don't need you. <laughs> like, no, you're not bragging. Scratched off the list and went into no, train my It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't she work. was like, yeah. all that work you're doing, it's, I don't want it. Yeah. That's the work I don't want. But she did. She used it. Oh. She used my moves. She's like, thank you for that. the moves. See you never. See ya. Mm-hmm. Bye. Great. Yep. Okay, well, before we get to the uh, the left turn in the story, let's talk about who are the choreographers on your team. Lauren. My team was Alonzo King, mm-hmm. Annabella Choa, mm-hmm. Miles Thatcher, and Edward Liang. So I'll give you like a brief synopsis. Um, Alonzo King is a San Francisco staple. He's had a company called Lines here for 30 years. Uh, Miles Thatcher is a is a dancer in the San Francisco Ballet, a young man who's been making work and was... Um, he did the Rolex thing and had Alexei Ratmansky as a mentor, which is great. Um, Annabelle is a European choreographer who's been making work all over the world for the last several years. She made a full-length streetcar named Desire at Scottish Ballet. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. I'm a genius. You're, like, you're just like uh, in the flow. It's like I've been at Unbound, you guys, for <laughs> weeks. Cover. Literally, cover. I feel <laughs> absolutely crazy. <laughs> it was like when I went to Interlochen and I was there for four years. And so my time spanned over like so many people's time there because people only go there for two years. Yeah, yeah, people don't go there for four years. Yeah, it's like a brief stint in their right. lives. And so I was like, I did everything and I know everyone. Yeah. But, um, and the last person you said? Ed Liang. Edward Liang was a prince, was a soloist at New York City Ballet. He was wow. also in Netherlands Dance Theater. He's featured in the New York City Ballet workout book. You can watch him on that. Um, yeah, on YouTube. When I There's was, also yeah. videos. You can watch yeah. him on YouTube teaching you how to do an exercise tondu but and it's a jazz just, sneaker. It's just, like, it's just like one, it was the floor bar that I was looking yeah. into. And it's just like basically him in like a curve just doing, it was not, totally. it was not very much. And now he is the director of Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio, where it's my alma mater. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I danced there for three years. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, hmm. that's, those are the ones. So, Lauren. Yes. Your process with four choreographers, one of whom's process is improvisation. Yes. How was that? That was tough. Yeah. yeah. Which? You're unaccustomed. Alonzo. Oh, yeah. I think it. W- the hard thing was that these... Unbound, the choreographers. <laughs> <laughs> they were back to back, so it was literally three months of process. Brand, brand new material. So yeah. you'd learn a whole thing every day was just one choreographer, and then you forget it for three it. weeks. Th- six hours a day. Six, six hours, hours a, day. a day for three weeks. For three weeks, but the, the and then that's, that's very they would nice. Just switch for out the choreographer. For, the choreographer. for them, it was great, and we were like so into it. And then I think by the third or the fourth choreographer, it was like, Everyone was this so is exhausted. rough. What number was he? He was fourth. Oh he was like third, third and fourth because he had some like scheduling stuff. So he, he came in and then he had to town. leave and then Anna. You were over it. Three weeks of improv was a lot. 
Yeah. So it was kind of like... He also was, like, one that would have the large studio and, like, keep everyone the whole day in there, improving, Right. Putting it all together. Are we... No, we're good. I just (laughs) had to make sure we were still recording, because as you know, I'm not a technical wizard. I'm actually, like, um... I'm technically dis... 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 Uh, What's the word? Like, un... Unbound. unbound. I'm, I'm technically unbound. <laughs> okay. Which brings us to bound too. So you were not. None of you were involved in that process. No. no. But you were also involved in Miles's process. Was that yes. fun? That was really fun. That was my first time working with Miles, and he. I mean, because he is in the company here, he's like had a solid group of dancers that he's worked with mm. several times up through coming through the school with them. And so I was one of the only dancers, Vitor, Louise, and I mm-hmm. do the principal roles. And we were kind of like, how does this go? And they all just kind of knew it. Wow. So that was fun for us to He didn't have to up. pick you to do the principal roles. No. But what was really fun was that he decided that the protagonist would be a male and a female. Right. And so Max Cawthorn and I share that role so you you only have to perform that one every other time, which is fantastic. That's very it's a nice. Gift. Yeah, that yeah. was smart of him to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think we're the only ones that. Yeah, have no one else seems to swap that. It doesn't yeah, even seem I don't like think it was yeah, there no second casts are going on. No, 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 definitely not. So that was fun to try and like figure out how to kind of be a man and for him to kind of be a woman and yeah find the that's like very like modern day parameters to yeah, like put fun. inside of his process so that's like, good you're gonna be a modern dancer and a point you and you're gonna lift this guy oh like, okay. did you feel like you were like standing on like like canoes on choppy water yeah a lot of times i was like can i have a flat shoe and he was like no oh i was like okay yeah but now it feels fine now, now it's fun. Okay, Edward Liang. Did he just like know what he wanted and make that dance? Yeah, he was pretty clear on vision and pretty clear on, you know, like who he wanted to do what and how it was going to go. I have a question. You know those big rectangular logs on the side of the stage? Yeah. Do they do anything and is there a reason? I remember their originally. <laughs> Aren't you intrigued? He'll see. I'll Aren't see you intrigued? Rectangular <laughs> logs. We're not going to elaborate on those, but I will say that just because I want you to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Um, he was inspired by a painting. Mm-hmm. By. And... Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll tell you on the next episode. That'll be in the that in the description be the... below. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Footnotes. But stop. What? Did any of you <laughs> did any of you ever watch that show Footnotes? That was like a ballet like education series that Frank Augustine, who was a principal dancer at National Valley of Canada, used to have. I honestly don't know how I watched them. I think they were on video cassette at the library in Columbus. But he would like break down a ballet. He'd be like Giselle. And sometimes he would like put on tights and do a demo, but mostly it was like video clips from other stuff. Anyways, Wait, I, need to, I actually need to get those. So you can actually know what you're doing yeah. in your life, every day of your life. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I like cliff notes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyways, Ed, yes. the logs. Ed, the logs. No, okay, my no. other question is there's a ramp at the back of his piece. Was that there for rehearsal? 
No. So interesting, because like I did notice, sorry, Ed, he didn't really utilize it inside of the choreography, so it had me thinking, why is it there? He did have the idea from the beginning of the ramp. Okay. That he wanted that to be a part of the ballet. So he knew that that was always going to be there, but because it's so large, we never... Yeah, you never got to physicalize, like, what that meant. No. Okay. That's the end and of that. And also, like, when they've been putting these ballets on stage, there's been, like, five minutes to do it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's, let's go. I do yes. think that when I came, I, I was anticipating even more, like, frantic time constraints. But the fact that each choreographer gets three different chunks of time on stage with all the tech elements before the actual performance is, like, I think, like, pretty pretty good. Pretty good. I, like I mean, we've worked under... I mean, I would have never imagined that being possible given the amount of... Like, the amount of time that they usually give to one choreographer that's here just doing... Just at, on you their know, own, doing yeah. the one piece. Not it's like... Same. They usually get enough time, but it, they always feel constrained as well, you know? It's right. Like, and so the fact that they've actually figured it out in a way that they can have just that same amount of time, like, three three runs on stage, it's, like... Perfect Pretty good, time. yeah. Especially I, I think it's been good. It yeah. g- it's given us as the design team time to ma- change things and yeah. fix things. And I mean, we're very lucky. We've seen some other designers have to do like total rethinking of things, which has been so upsetting. But um, <sighs> and it's just been it's been incredible to be around all these designers and get the tea. Yeah. Um, and in, the, in the workroom. In the Project Runway workroom. <laughs> now your last choreographer is Annabelle, and do you get to wear horns in the dance? Thankfully, no. So this, no is, a, for me. this is a dance based on the famous Picasso painting. Guernica. Now, is it just visually based on it, or did she derive some of the movement elements on her feelings around the painting? I think she... Yeah, she was inspired by the painting and tried to pull some movement out of that. And why are there neon sticks that blow smoke? Is that part of the painting? They're neon now? That... Very, very long neon sticks. Mm. Which are pipes that blow very, very powerfully smoke. It's like the first... <laughs> which I liked. Oh my... The first time we did that, I literally screamed on stage. During, <laughs> during, during, during the run... During the run... Well, like, I knew she was recording it because she records everything, and I couldn't help myself. Like, I knew it was going to happen, and I just thought, Lauren, just keep it together. Don't don't flinch or do anything. And I literally just screamed. I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> screamed the whole time and then laughed and couldn't. It was, it was, so good. It was difficult. Yeah. I've gotten much better. Okay. But it only I happens don't know the once. I wish it was because happening. Because we couldn't I know, hear. I know it's deafening and could damage your ears, yeah. but I do wish it was happening the whole time. There I'm were, serious. It, it was... There were... Yeah, okay. she had to tone it down. They use they they what they enforce their agma we, like moment over right. that. Piece. We just couldn't hear. Yeah. So now, Joe, like, who were your four unsafe. choreographers? <clears throat> so I was in a group with um, Justin Peck, David Dawson, Trey McIntyre, which was my that was my that switchover. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> who's the fourth? Um, Arthur Pita. There you go. <gasps> Yeah, so Arthur was the first one that Whose came. Whose part were you doing in Arthur's piece? So, um, way, but it's my part. I mean, okay. yeah, it'll be my part next year. Shh. So, don't give <laughs> away the, the twist. The it's, the, it's the fisherman. 
So, um, the tell. Why don't you let them okay, know so, what happened? Okay. So, unfortunately, after we did all these pieces and all this work, and then we were putting together like rodeo and sleeping beauty and like everything for the gala, and, but like this was like in October. I tore my knee. So the way San Francisco Ballet works is that they spend several months in the late summer and fall learning and preparing everything. And then they do Nutcracker and then they perform everything like back to back to back to back to back. Forever, no weekends for the rest of your life. So Joe prepared everything. Got it all together. (laughs) And then got hurt after Nutcracker. Yeah, so during Nutcracker, I was like, I mean, during all of it, I was tearing my knee, and then I, like, tore my knee during some Nutcracker shows, and was, like, by the end of the run, like, couldn't... What's that mean, tore your knee? I, like, tore my patellar tendon, which is, like, the giant tendon in the front of your knee. And so it has a little tear or a significant tear? It has, like, a 40% tear that then it just, like, it became... I had tendonitis for a long time, but then it became this thing that was, like, that's not my normal tendonitis anymore. Right. And then... I just uh, got it imaged, and it looked really torn. And they just, they had to tell me it was messed up and that I had the option to try and keep going and rupture it if I did that or um, or just stop and get an injection, which I ended up doing. But, like, I did first try to keep going and right. made it worse. But Yeah, it's, you know. and every, it seemed every time I'd come to San Francisco, <laughs> you would get some bad news and cry, which Reed. was nice. It made me feel close to you. Reed was here, like, every time I got the shitty news, and it was really great because he was here and gives really good hugs, and we were also, like, he was, like, staying over, and we were, like, having a slumber party, and then... It ended up being, like, me waking up and, like, talking and having this, like, devastating news on the phone with the doctor. And he's just like, hey. He's like, and then I was like, please make me breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so I found out that news and then made porridge. Yeah, savory oatmeal, everybody. I'd never had it. Oh, it was nice. delicious. That was the welcome Parmesan to cheese, something else. Eggs, Mushrooms. poached eggs. Delicious. You can put whatever yeah. you want, just yeah. as long as it's not brown sugar <laughs> candied walnuts. None of that. <laughs> Don't None do of that. that. That's I think candied walnuts might be good with some bacon or something on your uh, on your yeah. oatmeal. Bacon's over. Mm-hmm. Bacon's over. Bacon's, is that what you said? We're done. But I had that in my biscuit sandwich. Oh, but that's witch's yeah. teeth. That was <laughs> <laughs> devil's teeth bacon coat. Um, witch's teeth. Like Reed was like, okay, I have to make this my thing. So he had to, of course, call it witch's. That's teeth. not true. I woke up in the morning and I, I said to Kirsten, I was like. We're supposed to go to a place called Witch's Teeth. And so he started looking on the iPad and he was like, do you think it's called Devil's Teeth? And I was like, probably. <laughs> Pagan's Teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked, uh, that was unfortunate. And that was the first time I've had an injury that like made me out. And In made your career. Me, yeah, like I had like small injuries in Houston that would take me out for like a, a couple of weeks. Yeah. But this was the first time I'd like had to be in, I was like on crutches for like two weeks and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Which is sad, but Lauren really helped me through it and is helping me through it. Yeah. Um, but so to begin the season, the better part of the year, um, Arthur showed up and Arthur was this like wild card that we'd seen this like Salome piece that he did last year. And it was like, so, so I really loved the like idea of it. And it was total like, you know, 
David Lynch of ballet, he totally gave that, which is like his thing. The styling, the styling. It was amazing. Um, And so he like came in and he was like, I don't want to do a story. Are you calling the piece so-so? Is that what you just said? Mm, No. Yeah, it was, to me, it was like, it wasn't (laughs) about. the title. It was called. Arthur, it's okay. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was, it was, I think that it was just like the, the like way that it was. Um, I just didn't like the the dancing really. I I just like didn't feel like he was in the right mood, and I think that he came in here in the right mood with the right people, and it like became this right fascinating thing with Bjork music. And that was all. Oh, the new that one. Was, that's here. I that's saw it. Bjork Ballet. Yeah. What did you think? I'm so excited about it. I <laughs> it feel like he's like yet. subverted the art form a little bit and like made something totally unlike anything else on the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really what he did was he made, like, a visual theater piece that happens to have, like, ballet in it. And I wouldn't say, like, oh, Arthur Pete is a ballet choreographer. I think he's, like, a theater maker. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, like, such a breath of fresh air on the in the context of the Unbound programs. Yeah. And it's, like, a, it's a total joy. Yeah. I was, like, watching this dance. And, you know, there are moments in the middle of it where, we were, where I was just like, yes. like out loud yes when all those trees fell on the floor we there was no audience like it was just all the like dancers and technical teams sitting in the audience and everybody applauded yeah it was so great and masha wearing the pom-pom it's just like it's great i mean and he had that's the thing again he came in these Brits, they're really organized. They come in and they're like, here's the plan and here's the story and here's the vision. And he's like really descriptive right. and it's so beautiful when you're like talking about it. And then he's, but then he's also very open to like hearing more things about how, you know, like what, what does everyone else in the room think? I do think like he's England really has a more, I mean, maybe outside of the Royal Ballet or I'm not sure, but there's more emphasis in the theater part of it so they're like it doesn't matter so much what the steps are what matters is that we're actually like making mm-hmm. some feelings and yeah. some story and some something yeah which is great i'm really the fact that the floor is silver and makes the roof of the whole opera house look like an aquarium is uh, a joy uh, yeah a joy um, so the costumes he, he, are absurd and they're so fun he came in the first day everyone you know after two months off everyone's like fat happy dancer mm-hmm. um and then like oh what are we gonna do and he comes in and he's like let's play a name game and like let's do like the <laughs> circle game where we're like clapping at each other and like doing all these like improv techniques that not everyone knew but like i had like seen and like been a part of in some like some programs and things like that but it was like this really fresh way to start the season and like Mm -hmm. so such an easy way to like get into this whole like unbound process that we were all kind of terrified of. Um, and then he also, he would like give us all these like tasks, like the Trisha Brown box, which is like, looks like a telephone booth that he just like handed out paper and it's like a telephone booth with the, the letters of the alphabet in each of the four corners and then one in the center of that box. And there's like four quadrants Mm -hmm. that you have to like, he would give us lines from Bjork, um, Bjork's lyrics and you'd spell it with your body and like make it really cool. And, um, then he'd have everyone like show your work and like do it. And he'd just like put on some Bjork music and you'd do what you'd been working on for that hour. Um, and then he would like take all of those pieces and like organize them on stage and like 
take parts of like one person's thing that he really liked and then like add his own thing to it and like kind of morph and change it and do his like artistic like uh choreographic analysis in that moment you know he's like looking at it and like deciding what the space needs to look like mm-hmm. um and so it was just it was like a an amazing process I had so much fun doing that and like getting to we also in that first round showed all of the yeah, pieces um like the whole it was a big show and tell like the whole second half of the day each hour was each of the choreographer's pieces so it was like Stanton Ed and Arthur okay. and so we like you know we were waiting because like ours is different was, was last and different and we were like yikes and <laughs> It ended up being like such a cool thing. It was I don't know. It was fun. People were excited. People yeah. were totally into yeah. it. And there it was exciting. And there was no yeah. silver. It's there totally was no... unlike anything I've seen in this context. I mean, the only other thing, like Crystal Pites, like insect woman dance that she made at the National and now PMB does it, oh, is yeah. like a little bit like oh that's a surprise. Yeah. But it's not Arthur's piece is so free yeah of like all form yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's great okay Um, so you also had trey so trey came in and he knew exactly what he wanted yeah he choreographed it in like an hour wow it was amazing fran and i did a paw together and we were literally done in an hour with it now does trey physicalize what he wants or do you does he describe or no he he does it and okay. he's a giant and he does it he's and a it, giant. he moves around a lot um and he likes the room to be really quiet yes because he has i think he said he has like add or something he sure does so he's like i need he's like <laughs> i love you guys but like you cannot talk in here because i he really need does. to focus yeah, in yeah, yeah. but i was like you didn't need to focus because like you're done now and so then we we're like done with this piece and we had three weeks to just like run it and then we'd like just we go and rehearse something else. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay, then there was Justin. Then there was Justin. So Justin was, like, second, I think. He came in to our group, and we were, like... Or maybe he was... Last. I don't remember. It seems you were somewhat emotionally invested in this dance. Yeah, Justin's was, like... Um, I mean, it's, like, Justin's a great guy. He's and a friend. He's a friend. And we'd done um, count In the Countenance of Kings a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, like, a Sufjan ballet, which I, like... I think the first time I ever heard about Justin, it was in the context of Sufjan. Sufjan. Yeah. And I was just like, who is this guy that's using Sufjan? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up coming here, and, we and like, we kind of found out, like, he and I were, like, in the same audition at Houston Ballet, like, for Houston Ballet in the in the um, cattle call in Justin New York. Justin Peck audition for Houston Ballet. For Houston Ballet, Ballet yeah. Okay for him. And so, and Ezra was also in that same... <laughs> God, what a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. But we all made it, I think we all made it all the way through. Even though, like, the audition started with, like, just step arabesque, step arabesque, like, across in a diagonal. It wasn't even, like, start with a bar. It was just, like, start with, like, this stepping the into the room. This body. Yeah. And wow. then there was a cut, and then, like, and then bar, and then there was a cut, and then, like, you go, it was, it was crazy. But we, we bonded on that. Yeah. Um, and you were like, I won. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, or did you? Uh, <laughs> and so then I got, um, yeah, we had like a really fun time making Encounters of Kings. And then I heard rumors that he was going to make a sneaker ballet for SFB. And it was like, 
got, you know, like everyone was like super pumped about it. And then he, and then we heard rumors that he was using M83 music and it was like even more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he shows up and all those things are true. And it was this really amazing process. Like I, I did a um, PA with Doris Andre and we just like spent a lot of time in the studio, like figuring out how to dance in sneakers. And I don't know, it just was a really fun process and made me super happy to be a dancer, you know? Wow. That was, that was kind of the moment where it was like, uh, yeah, this is new and it feels so damn right. You know, like it's rare. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it kind of gave you that idea of like being Gene Kelly or, you know, like that kind of like sense of like this classicism within the confines of what he was creating. And, right. And it wasn't about classical ballet and it wasn't about being in sneakers. It was just like about the like movement and the co- coordination and connection to the music. And the music like feels maybe like a part of our generation of human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I mean, s- I don't really, <laughs> I was like, what's M83? I thought it was like WD40. So <laughs> I was like, is that a cleaner? But you know, like I have actually heard some of those songs. Yeah. Um, who is your last choreographer? Uh, David Dawson. And so David Dawson is, I'd heard, I'd heard like rumors about him being kind of like scary and, you know, oh. like a, like a hard, like hard person to like work with and all these things. He, he definitely has a reputation that precedes him mm-hmm. before you even like beat him in the studio. Yeah. All you have to do is read his bio to know that. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets in there the first day and I'm kind of, and it's our last round. So we're all like Lauren was saying, like pooped basically mm. just like, Oh God, what is about to happen? And especially with this being like, okay, we're about to be into this like Forsyth world where we've not been into this whole time. And, um, are we still recording? Mm -hmm. We're good. Okay. And it ended up being a really great process. Um, a lot of hard work. It was a piece that ended up being something that made me want to puke afterwards. Like I had to leave the studio after every time we'd run it. I can't in watching the dance rehearsed. I was really amazed by what the men have to do with all the dancing and then heaving women around constantly. It was intense. Yeah, he's the prin- the principal men, like the four principal men, as the core principal men as or the, as the core men as well. Right. Throughout the piece, so you like have two different partners or three different partners or whatever it is, um, but also he didn't he realized or didn't realize I don't know, but like at one point we told him like halfway through the process like you know that we're doing like crossovers the whole time, <laughs> so even if we'd run off stage and then like have a few minutes to like we were rest, we were running across the back right. <laughs> to re-enter through it. And he was like, no, no, I think it'll it just needs to happen like that because it needs to you know you it's it. that sense of like the wind carrying. And you does and he like, come in with steps in his own body or does he kind of make it on you guys? He had he brought in. Um, an assistant of his from Dresden, um, Becky, and she was really sweet. Um, and they would create some stuff in the morning before our rehearsals. Uh-huh. And then they'd come in with this kind of idea or like loose, loose, like layout of like, this is our A phrase. This is our B phrase. This is our C phrase. And then he'd make us learn each of them and then like do them to both sides. And then he like would create a name for them so then you know we'd have uh, something called like the swingers and something called the yada yada and whatever so he is also really into like labeling his like whole piece and like having this whole narrative through the whole thing that 
I don't know. It just, it, it, it was fun. But it ended up being like the hardest thing of all the, of all the pieces that it we looked, did. It looked very gymnastic. It was yeah. lots of, yeah. when Luke Ingham torch lifted Sophia and Sylv on stage. With I, a left arm. It's I a left arm torch. I felt my spine <laughs> turn to dust. It was un- unbelievable. <laughs> Because it's because it, it's halfway through a piece that you've been like the second movement where you've been like lifting for the Luke whole Ingham beginning part of it. Yeah, is an ox. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Wow! Congratulations, yeah. Luke Ingham. You're stable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, you guys, uh, that's the Unbound Festival in your experience, mm-hmm. and I already talked a little about my experience on the last episode, mm-hmm. and. All the New York people can read in the Times reviews. We've already had one that's gone through two of the shows. Did they talk I about think, two of them? I think he talked about one and then came... I think he's going to do a uh, oh, one for each one. Yeah, I think Okay. So. Well, there you have it. New York Times is covering Unbound. The whole world is probably not caring, but... <laughs> yeah. But Alistair McCauley cares. He totally cares. Um, and also... You can listen to conversations on dance because Michael Breeden and Rebecca King Ferraro, Ferraro are here interviewing like every person involved very thoroughly. So it won't be like this. It'll be like more informational and less family time. Um, I'm sitting in your lovely home. Do you own this home? We do own this home. Wow. Is this second time home ownership? Mm-mm. You the didn't one, own in Houston. The one in Houston was, it was a rental. Rental that sh- like. We would ideally have that place transported to wherever we are when we're like retired. Really? Yeah. It was, it was a house. It was, it was a, in Dwell Magazine. Did it, what? Yeah. With yeah, your we, furniture. Yeah, our house. Yeah. Orson. Like, Orson had a full page. In we're, Dwell. We're like Dwell. a we're like a tag. If you like Pinterest, if I, I, however Pinterest works, I think there's like a tag that like would bring up a picture of like Orson on a couch in our old house. Do you just write Orson? I don't know what the tag is, but I just know that people are Orson the Bulldog. Yeah. Well, you guys, I'm sure you can also Google Lauren Strongen and Joe Walsh's Dwell House. Mm Mm-hmm. Do it. Possibly. Wow. Yeah. You guys are fame and fortune. I don't know about the fortune. Not so much fortune. Dance is a dead end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Well, Joe, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you to be dancing in the Unbound Festival. It was particularly devastating on our second trip when... I kept having to turn you away from costume fittings. Yeah. I'd, I'd like show up and be like, do you, do you want me to wear them? And basically we had been told before Joe that he would not be performing yeah. in the Unbound Festival. I hadn't fucking decided and they knew. So before. Joe would be like, so I have a fitting today. I'd be like, you don't. Or no, no, you know what it was? It was that fittings were going on and there weren't a fit. There was not a fitting for me. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. We will be fitting your clothes on other people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Lauren, we did not get to make a costume for you, and that's devastating. It is devastating. Because you have a chic body, and I can't wait to make you a costume. It's bound to happen. Uh, It's unbound to happen. It's unbound to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we love you. Do you want to sing the song? Yeah, yeah, Can we try? Okay, ready? Do I go, wait, do I go low? Sing it with me, sing note. What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? That was really good, you guys. That was absurdly good. I got nervous. He loves you. Bye.